Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Richard Geiger and Ken Seymour. Uh, it's, it's a good day to be a... Uh, where are we? Broadcasters? Streamers? E yes? Con question mark? Content creators. Ooh, yes, but keep it a secret. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's a secret sometimes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but you know what's not secret? Uh, Marvel has a new show. Well, well, new to the streaming platform this year. That's that? right. That's go. right. Then we'll go with that. As of the time of this recording on August 9th of 2023, uh, both of us has have finally finished the uh, show Secret Invasion, which just came out a few weeks ago. All six episodes. Yeah. I don't mind a short-form story, short-form episodic story. Um, I feel like this one was not the right length for no. what it needed to be. No. But, uh, oh well. It either, if, it, if they're going to present it the way that they did, it needed to be two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but if they were wanting to present it more like the, the original source material and, and maybe expand or expand on some other ideas, it needed to be like a full 13 episode season. Well, and, and I feel like, and I certainly know very little about the source material, but they have the name, they have the bad guys. Sort of. And that's kind of about it. Right, yeah. they just took a an aspect and developed it into the the theater of MCU and said, "Hey, check this out." But for those of you who are expecting to watch this and get that kind of impact of this huge storyline from the comics, then you're not really going to get that. Yeah. So obviously, we're going to be talking about some spoilery stuff in this episode. So if you haven't seen it and you're planning on seeing it. Stop here, come back and listen when uh, you've finished and see if you agree with our opinions. Mm -hmm. But uh, we will definitely be going into some of the plot, well, a lot of the plot, a lot of the other aspects. We're going to talk about the source material a little bit. Uh, we're going to just go over a handful of different things and kind of give our impressions of whether we think this was a successful outing or uh, whether it was a misstep or whether it was awesome or whatever, you know, just kind of go from there. Um, you know, just as a general reaction, I feel like I feel like it was a mistake, a, a, a rare misstep in the MCU machine. Uh, very meh. Yeah, uh, I I described it to someone I don't remember who uh, I was talking to uh, about this that it was like. Falcon and the Winter Soldier level of interest, but not even really that level. Truthfully, I like Falcon and Winter Soldier better than I like this, um, which is strange because, I mean, this has got heck of a cast, most of them returning for characters they've developed over a while, or at least several of them returning for characters they've developed over a while. A few new fresh faces right. to the to the MCU scene and some of them very fairly exciting. Yeah. It's just that and and maybe I'm speaking in generalities here, but uh, a lot of the Disney Plus series is in general, 
I feel like you get excited about them and then you watch them and then you're just like, okay, you, you know. <laughs> I loved WandaVision. That was fantastic. And Loki was really, really good. Yes. And then what happened? Then it, we just took kind of incremental steps back. Did the what happened to the 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 good story writing? What happened to the good um, building of characters? What happened to the uh, I don't know. We, we we focused focused on things, but not like the things that should be focused on in some of these storylines. And then it just kind of you get good stuff, but like maybe we're spoiled and we want great stuff, right? Maybe we see these things and what they're based on, and we have expectations based on storylines that we think they should do or should go, and then it doesn't work that way. And I feel like, especially in this one, that's kind of how it went. Well, and obviously we're coming at this from two different directions. You are uh, a fan-ish, but not a comic book reading generally fan. You've just enjoyed a lot of what they've put out. I, being the comic book reading fan that collected pretty much all of the original Secret Invasion storyline was well and familiar with what they did in the comics. Now, I knew there was no way that they were going to be able to replicate what happened in the comics, partially to do with um, what they have permission to use and what they've set up and the way things have changed in the MCU. So I knew there was a 0% chance that it was going to be like the comics. But I had hopes that the tone would match, that they tried kind of do what they could where they could, or if they felt that they couldn't do that at all, take it in a really interesting direction. Not so much. No, no, it, it was, it was kind of sad. Um, now, this uh, series was uh, directed by Ali Salim. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, uh, not surprised. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's done a few things. Uh, uh, did the calling in 2022. Uh, I mean, several episodes of of several things in several places. He directed Sweetland in 2005. Um, and if you had not seen that film, uh, you're not the only one. <laughs> it was <laughs> not a not a big film. Um, yeah, he had so he it, he's got history. Like he's got some projects under his belt. He's not a rookie. No, um, but the projects he's worked on, you know, maybe people aren't familiar with. Right. So, but but honestly, Marvel has a history of doing. Oh, that. they love to do that. It's like, oh, you will make it big time so long as you do exactly everything we tell you to do. Creative control, get out of here. Uh, so who knows if the directorial issues in this were his fault or Marvel's fault. Um, considering the concept, I'm going to go with Marvel's fault on this one. Yes, I, I feel like he was probably, his hands were probably tied. Um, now the writer uh, or the creator as, as as title, I mean, a lot of writers worked on this, but... They've got Kyle Bradstreet as being created for television. Uh, now, Kyle Bradstreet has a little more stuff that you might know him for because he produced Mr. Robot, 
um, and uh, he's you know been involved in a couple of different things. Forty-four episodes, right? So, uh, Copper back in 2013. So I mean, he he's been involved with some decent television, sure. Um, but again, I feel like whoever was really in charge of this didn't actually either didn't actually understand the source material or was given an impossible task. It's like we we want to do something with the scrolls and this is the storyline but we don't have access to 70% of the characters that were in the comic book series. So I guess the question would be, why would you do it then? Right. Right. They should never have called it Secret Invasion. Call it something completely new. I mean, that would help. That would have tempered a little bit of my disappointment because when you name it after something, if they named Infinity War, uh, the one of the Avengers films, Infinity War. Why? Because it was based on the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Okay. So I, I have a certain lens, a certain bias of what to expect. And then they delivered on that. It wasn't exactly like the comics. Didn't need to be. But it had that tone. It had the flavor. And a lot of the things that they have done have done that. This is the first one that is completely different and wrong. Miss Marvel. It's not really accurate. Tonally, it was accurate. Correct. Origin. Powers. Origin and powers were a little different, sure, but it brought what was the base concept that was important. Of the character. Of the character, right. So, okay. Tell us then, if you would, what is, you don't have, I would like the detail. I would like all of it. But tell us in a creative direction that you would um, like to describe to us the actual storyline from the comic books of the Secret Invasion. Yeah, absolutely. So the Secret Invasion storyline was a big crossover event. And the way Marvel does crossover events, more often than not, is they'll have the main story be part of um, anywhere between a 5 and 12 issue arc. And if memory serves, it was something like 8 or 9 issues for the main Secret Invasion series and then there will be crossovers into all of the comics that are associated and in this one it was all of them because the whole the whole concept uh unlike the mcu version the scrolls didn't get rescued the scrolls have always been a major power in the um in the universe they've they've got a huge empire uh they're constantly fighting against the kree and the Shi'ar, and several other different uh, um, interstellar uh, groups. So they still have this thing about Earth for whatever reason. They want to conquer Earth, just like the Kree do, and at one point so did the Shi'ar. <laughs> pretty much everybody wants to conquer Earth for some reason. And we'll see the Shi'ar hopefully in the future when more of the X-Men universe start to show up. Right. Um, so the thing about this secret invasion is they had attacked earth so many times and failed and failed and failed. And 
the for the most part, the main part of the scroll empire decided, you know what? Screw it. We're 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 gonna leave them alone for the moment. Uh, we've got our own problems. They are having their own issues brewing. But there was a splinter faction of scrolls that had a sort of mystical religious aspect to them and felt that Earth was important and should be theirs, and they had a plan to take it over. Uh, and in order to do that, they had to not only infiltrate, you know, members of society, but they had to infiltrate the superhuman community because in the comics, unlike the MCU, where you've got, you know, you've got a decent handful, a couple dozen, three dozen major superpowered individuals. In the comics, there are hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of superpowered individuals bunches of groups and so their their way of kind of deciding how they are going to do this is they are going to just slowly replace those people kind of like uh, body snatchers um, and the only reason they found out anything is the Avengers were fighting a, a, a villain things were uh, not going so well, but they're finally, you know, they 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 rallied and uh, Electra was on on hand and she was fighting also and she just gets nuked by somebody just just killed, like one shotted, and immediately she turns into a scroll. Nobody mm -hmm. knew that she was a scroll. She didn't act any different. She didn't do anything different. So had completely infiltrated. Well, it's Electra. Who cares? I mean. Not to be like that, but yeah, she's a fighter. But, well, who else could possibly be a scroll? And they had circumvented, they had like um, like uh, Stormbreaker. They had destroyed Stormbreaker and used its mystical energies to create other weapons for themselves. That's the kind of level of power they were dealing with. Hmm. And uh, they uh, got rid of um, the sentry in a, a rather ingenious way. Uh, just by playing with his mind a little bit because, again, they knew they, they, they've been around. They've been doing this at this point for years. They've been enacting this plan. And so they, they knew all the stuff they needed to do, just mess with people. And it's, it was really fun. It was really interesting trying to figure out who was a good guy, who was a bad guy. And in, there was a lot of – there was a lot of just – it wasn't intrigue so much as it was just kind of, um, it was a fun free-for-all. I mean, it, as a storyline goes, it's supposed to be, you know, oh, no, it's like I said, body snatchers. But it came off as like, well, this is actually just kind of a fun beat-em-up uh, is what it turned into as they tried to just root out who they could root out and then, and then you know, win. That's, that's a very shortened version of the storyline. But they they didn't kill the superheroes that they replaced um generally speaking no they just stored them somewhere um so a lot of them were not so much they were lost or captured or there was a variety of different circumstances uh so like if if i remember correctly electra died so when she came back it, it was just a scroll <laughs> <laughs> so it just didn't matter. Yeah. Um, so there, there wasn't much they had to do. Um, it was just, it was bigger. It had, I guess that's the, that's maybe the main issue I have. This secret invasion 
if they were trying to make it feel big, they did not make it feel big. It felt very small. Well, it seemed like they were trying to make it big on the political world stage. Right. But but not not anything from the power stage, right? Like right. political power, that type of thing, but not but not the superhero world or the people that were really in power. It was just like we want to make them so that they do bad things and kill everybody so that we can take over the world. It's like okay, but if you want if you want this world and it's land and its resources, you first want to n- nuke everybody and destroy all that diverse and then take it over? <laughs> Seems like a little fly in the Okay. That ointment a little bit. Well, they're immune to radiation, so what do we care? Because like, well, yeah, there's but, not that many of you. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. No, it did seem a little a little off. A um, little haphazard, a little hurried. Um, when I saw that they were going to go more of an intrigue route, it's like, ooh, okay, that could work. Because, you know, Winter Soldier is still my favorite Marvel film. And that was very kind of intrigue, spy thriller kind of thing. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're going to go that route, I'm fine. The fact that they killed off Maria Hill in the first episode, that really annoyed uh, a couple of people I was watching it with. But it didn't bother me. And, you know, well, it bothered me because I liked the character. And I, I didn't want to see it get killed. But... It was a cop out. It was a reason to give motivation because you know that's a kind of a standard comic book thing: kill sure. somebody that they care about, and now they have more motivation than they had before. Fine, cool. Yeah, but if they're doing it, if they're doing it for that reason, I didn't like it. But I felt that maybe the reason they were doing it is no, it's not for just for motivation. Sure, there's going to be that element, but it stakes gravity. Yes. Right. So generally speaking in the MCU, if you're for the most part if you die, you're dead. They haven't been bringing people back. So but they also don't they don't kill too many people. Just the bad guys. Just the bad guys. Um so maybe what they're doing is like okay, we're going to this is going to have a body count. This is going to have a toll. This, okay, I I could get along with that. And I was going in with that mindset. Okay, they're going to go with a different thing. They're not going to go the the big spandex and capes, big fights. They're going to keep it on intrigue. And it's going to have, if not a high body count, they want the the viewer to feel like there are stakes. Okay, I I can get behind that. And then have some character development. It looked like that was the way that they were going for a couple episodes. And you have the best spy in the world as the main character. Right. right? Um, And they ask, well, why don't you just call in the Avengers? And his cheesy answer was, well, this is my battle. We can't depend on them for everything. So uh, that that was a cheap one-liner to cover their bases on all (laughs) of the episodes. Like, why don't you just call them the big guns and have them get rid of everybody? Cool. Um, but but you're right. If they're going to do this, there has to be meaning. And if they are planting bombs and exploding things, and they're 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 killing quote random humans, even that didn't deliver the gravity for the moment. 
because there were there were things like that too in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? They were terrorists, right? But not not but they were. Ter- we'll call them terrorists, but they were. That was the idea: is that they were harming and hurting and killing uh, everyday citizens, and that was kind of the impact on this. But you didn't, you didn't feel it, right? You know what no. I'm saying? Like the, you didn't like, oh, they they exploded things and people look like they're suffering. But like, okay, now what? And I really can't. I don't think I can fault the actors on this. Yeah, I thought Sam. Did fine. I, I I liked his performance. I thought he was he was pretty solid. Um, I really liked uh, Charlene Woodard, uh, who they got to come in to be his his uh, alien love interest. <laughs> um, I thought I thought she had some really good chops. She 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 looked good. She sounded good. Oh yeah. Like and, did did you expect? Um, did you expect? him to have a wife for all of these years hidden away in a secret location? No. No. Um, well, they, need, they needed to develop it a little more. Yeah. It, it was a, because there was no seeds planted for the previous 10 years, you just made up the storyline as, you know, filler for this. Yeah. And there's worse things to fill in. There, yeah. There's worse filler, but it just seemed kind of Inco- I don't know. incomplete. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of the way I felt. It's like I, I would have liked if they would have done a little more of that. Uh, Olivia Coleman, she was the the shining bright spot of the entire show. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, her her character was fun, uh, and well, she's always great. Um, uh, and just kind of seeing her be kind of a an equal, uh, I did like the little the little hint at um, an Excalibur team forming. That that was fun. That could be good. We'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but uh, I always loved the I always loved the Excalibur comic. But they're again they're missing like the the half the characters <laughs> that, that they need to have access to. Um, maybe that's how they'll in, introduce it instead of having Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler uh, appear in X Men and then go over to Excalibur. Maybe they'll bring them in in Excalibur before they go over to the X Men. I mean, either way would would work. I mean, I'd like to see them as X Men. Oh, personally. yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, who knows? But uh, yeah, so Olivia Coleman did great. Um, Amelia Clark, I thought, did well. It, I don't think they gave her much to work with, though. Her mm. character was pretty flat. Yeah, it's it's the it's the fact that what she what she had for part of the storyline wasn't wasn't great i felt uh, so her being in some of these other much bigger roles right uh, all through game of thrones as just a, a monster presence and, and character but then she's been in these other movies too where she was a great presence she had more to work with and in this one it was just kind of I don't know. I 
she should have been more of a focal point. Am I wrong on that? Like, she, no, I she don't should think have been so. for for the quality and the time and the money that you invested in her. She should have been more of a focal point, and maybe that will happen later on. But in, in this one, it just kind of seemed like, oh, you got her to be a you know a side character. Well, that's interesting. Like, I wouldn't picture her signing up for that, but cool, whatever. Well, even if it was going to be a side character, I think that the, the mistake that was made, and again, it needed more buildup if you're going to have it be this way. In order for this kind of an intrigue take to work, you need to establish all of the characters. Okay, we need to become familiar and we need to become attached to them in the initial way that they are presented and then flip it on its head. And then you don't know who is on whose side and what's happening. But we've not seen her up until this show. And they, they give us essentially five to ten minutes of, of setup for her character in the first episode or two. Yeah. And, and it's just not enough. All the characters in this, all the setup in this, for the most part, w- was things that were established in this universe over 30 years ago, right? Right. And you've, you've had other things, other, other movies, other series to have snippets of this. Okay, so we saw a little bit in Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. But what did, what did we get out of that? Well, nothing. They're, they're here on, on Earth still working for S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, cool. But th- there should have been more like where they describe what's going on and then it's a flashback and they give us 10 minutes of a mission that somebody did. So they talked about after they a- after the the end game where his people went in and collected all the stuff. We'll show that. Right. I'd be okay with that. Like add that add that important aspect to it. Add add that so you get a feel of what they were being utilized to do at the time and what they were really doing. I'm okay with showing the like we we saw the big fight in Endgame. Show the aftermath. What happened after that? Like I'm okay with that. That was one of the cool aspects of uh Spider-Man. Like you were showing people cleaning up all the wreckage and the mess that happened. Yeah. Hey, I'm okay with that. That's cool. But you just didn't it's like you touched on it and you described it and then you threw it under the rug. And it just never a lot of these things just never became an important aspect of the story. Once again, going back to maybe there should have been like nine episodes, ten episodes, and you just condensed things way too much. And and even the episode lengths in these were only like thirty minutes. So you really didn't get a lot of time to tell a story. No. Um Kingsley Benadir. This dude He's been hot lately. He is he has been hot lately. And for good reason. He's got some very impressive charisma. I mean, he can manage to come and and uh, and be a presence very quickly, even if he's not given very much. I mean, he proved that in the Barbie film. I mean, <laughs> he didn't have a ton to do in that, but you saw him, and and when he was there, he was great. Uh, so I really like him. Um, I think he's uh, I think he's going to continue to be good for a while. 
um, and choosing him to be the the villain in this. Okay, yeah, he he could carry it, but mm-hmm. again, they just did not give his character quite enough. He was his was closer, his was closer, but because you don't need to be quite so quite so cloak and dagger with with the person that's in charge of everything. Okay, he's the bad guy. We know he's the bad guy. Fine. Um, and then the way he handled it, that the the way uh, they wrote it uh, was good. Um, mm-hmm. Mendelssohn, always great. Um, and after the first episode, you were like, oh, who? Well, who else is going to die? Well, it's got to be him. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I felt like a lot of his, he's a great actor. He, I love the stuff that he does. And in, in this one, I kind of felt like he was like, I'm here to get a paycheck. You know, there, he, <laughs> and he knew he was going to get killed off. And they just like, this is it. I'm, I'm done with this. Give me some money. I'll do this. And then I'm done with Marvel. Cool. And they're like, Marvel's like, yeah, great. Let's do it. Thanks. And then it's just a real cheap. Let's just kill him off. You know, it, it going back to we want more of the weight and the gravity of things happening. But you knew he wasn't going to last. Yeah. And the way he died was in an action sequence where he really didn't do anything. And no. it was just a cheap. It was a chump way to go. It was it was unfortunate. Um, so that was that was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but even even if you think he voted in, I thought for what he did, he was still fine. He did what he needed to do and he's got the skills. I'll watch him phoning it in over somebody trying their hardest. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because he's good. Um, But uh, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle was actually more entertaining in this than he's been in in a lot of other stuff. Well, and I think the interpretation on this, and if you look back, so they they always, like, the big reveal in this one, uh, then it's it's all about, well, let's look back at the previous things. And I'm I'm almost going to guarantee you that when they did the other previous things, they had no idea they were going to have this part in the script. And now people are overanalyzing it. Oh, well, this this makes more sense why he did this. And to some of the extent, it it no it doesn't. It doesn't, but it's just like you can you can you can put that interpretation on it because he was always kind of that more lighthearted thing, even though he is you know a quote military man, and he's a colonel, he's high ranking, he's got to be more you know, studious and he's got to be stern. Uh, but his character was always built into this as yeah, more he's always a lighthearted. Yeah. So, you know, in Endgame, they're talking about like, why don't you just, you know, the sequence where he's just go back to when Thanos was a baby and he gives the thing like he's going to, you know, like, like, like kill him basically. And then people are like, oh, well, you know, uh, that wouldn't have happened if he, if he, wasn't a scroll. He wouldn't have said that. I'm just sure like, would. I I think he would have. And but. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll point you to a specific Iron Man comic. I think it was around 300 when it happened. And uh, Tony Stark was not Iron Man at that point. It was Rhodey, uh, and he was using the uh, he was using the War Machine armor, and he realized that uh, Claw was going to be a problem. You remember Claw? The guy that they did in the MCU completely differently and kind of wrong. 
uh, <laughs> was actually made of uh, sound energy. Sound energy. Yeah. And so uh, he finds out that Claw is going to be attacking uh, uh, Stark Industries. And he heads them off and talks to them and says, hey, dude, why are you going to attack us? Or, or why are you going to steal us? He's either attacking or stealing something. It's like, why are you going to do that? You're a brilliant scientist. You created yourself this way. You should be working with us. We should we should have you on the staff. And you know, don't you miss the research? Isn't this – do you, you want to be the guy that's always the villain and having to get in the fight? So you know, you, you know, you're absolutely right. No, I don't. I, I miss the times when I'm just – all I had was peanut butter and jelly, and I'm researching everything. He's talking. He's walking him through Stark Industries and showing him the things. And it's, here's some of the things that we're doing, and here's you know things that you could work on and all that stuff. And then they walk into this room, and it's looking. It's like, yeah, what's this? It's like, and hold on for a second. He steps out of the room and closes the door and basically nukes him and just <laughs> it traps him in this room. And he is cold-blooded. So, yes – he absolutely would have said kill Thanos as a kid. So the the overanalyzation of that, um, I think probably took off a little too much. But I get it. That's what, you know, Internet sleuths like to do. Uh, people have more time on their hand to sit and watch every single thing that he did. Uh, wait, well, wait a second. When did it happen? When did he switch? When it like, who cares? You know, really? <laughs> He was changed in some of the movies, uh, but they didn't even decide that he was changed in some of the movies until this series. Like, this was a decision that just happened now to make this. It wasn't something built into the movies before, and it'll have something to do with the Armor Wars. So it was a writing plot for this particular series going forward. Uh, but in this one, he still had more... He had more of, of an attitude, let's call it, yeah. Maybe maybe more than what he would have presented in previous MCU iterations. Definitely. So that then played into him not being the same person. No. Okay, well, you saw that in this, but that's, all, that's what I'm saying. Like, you saw it in this, but you really didn't see that in anything else. So, and here's the other thing that I will say, that um, by the end uh, of Tony Stark's death, his armor was nanotech. And he would have allowed a certain measure of that for the um, for the um, armor that Rhodey would use too. Mm -hmm. Well, that nanotech is keyed to DNA. Would not work for a scroll. You notice he didn't have anything with him in this. Now, there's two reasons that you could say that that was the case. You know, one is budget. <laughs> They couldn't have the the, yeah. the armor, but also it's like, well, he's not in a position where he needs it. He's got guards, and he's in the government and doing the things. Like, no, uh-uh. He still had access to that stuff, and he if he was going to be in an area where he thought he was going to have to fight, there's no way he wouldn't have that armor. So It's just that even, even the stuff that wasn't nanotech, because I feel like you still saw a lot of his armor in the movies were still the traditional not nanotech right. stuff but yeah it wasn't it wasn't like especially after iron man 3 it wasn't like just anybody was going to get in there and be able to use that armor right right three really was just like well uh killian got in, in, in there and did whatever and they put the president in there and he did whatever you know so like 
it's just Stark is paranoid. He would have had so many security yeah. measures. There's, I, I, yeah, I don't buy it. No, nope, not happening. So it, it'd be curious to see once that storyline gets revisited in Armor Wars, what the MCU says is the point in which he was switched. Right. And if they say something wrong, I'm going to be one of the first to just shout out. It's like, nope, try again. Plot and, hole. And and that is going to be, I feel like, a major plot hole going from this. And in and, and a continuity standpoint, it's... If they're smart, what they will do is they will say it happened after, completely after everything else he's been in up until this point. And it was just a routine medical check. Right. If you're listening, Marvel, and I want you to listen carefully, that is what you need to do. Do not try and weave it back further. It is a mistake that those with any certain level of intelligence is going to see, and it's going to annoy the piss out of people. Yeah, it's 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 too much. Um, but, you know, we got to see Martin Freeman for a hot second. That was nice. Yep. Um, got splatted. I was really happy to see Christopher McDonald. <laughs> I love to see him in anything. Yeah, a little little surprise for us yeah and he's he's always fun in everything that he does and uh yeah i can't help but see happy gilmore uh flashbacks whenever i see him but that's okay that's uh i i've watched interviews and like people just walk up to him all, all the time and just give shoot a, y- yes but he's he's one of those people that for sure, if he hears it 17 times a day, it's going to just get annoying. But he's one of the people that actually embraces that yeah. um, because he knows it's such an important, like, fun thing for so many people. So that instantly makes him cooler. in my opinion. Yeah, I have to agree. So, I mean, oh, okay. So, uh, okay. Coming back to plot things, I understand the Easter egg, the one to put a little bit of uh, just some shine in there for the comic book fans talking about the Super Scroll. I I appreciate that. I do. But you cannot put an Easter egg about the Super Scroll in with no Fantastic Four. No, that's that's the whole reason that character was created. Yeah. How he was created. What he was created from. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. That's... That's too far. And I think that's really where they messed up the plot. If they would have just taken out that whole thing about, oh, we're going to adapt the powers of all the things into the scrolls. If they would have just gotten rid of that and just went with, we're going to take over the government. Well, okay. So what if they had it and were not successful at it, but they planted the seed for them to have it? During a Fantastic Four run of some sort. That also would have been fine. That that would have played out normally. But now what you've got is this character who, you know, in, in a lot of ways is arguably the most powerful character in the in the Marvel universe at this point. Because they have all the all the characteristics of every everybody. single everybody. And although they're not invulnerable because apparently you, know, you just do a little blast and he's, <laughs> kill him in two seconds but but the idea is if you if they tout um you know captain marvel as the 
most powerful character. Which right? he's not. But it's okay. So you got some of that power in there. Uh, well, there was Abomination that was in there. There's You saw Drax. You saw Mantis. You saw Killian. Yeah, the extremist stuff. Yeah. You saw Ghost from some phasing yeah. stuff. So how okay so you've you you've made this character that has never existed before in marvel anything and you've made it an amalgamation of some of the more powerful characters that you have why like what's right. what's the point and what are you going to do with it i have an idea and i'm hoping i'm hoping beyond hope that this is what they're going to do with it i i'm pretty sure it's not because first of all, it's, it's it's a pretty big step from the original source material. But maybe, maybe one of the original members of Excalibur's name was uh, Megan, and she was a shape changer and could just become pretty much anything. And what if they go that direction? What if this experiment didn't work as well as they think that it did? And it all just kind of goes a little haywire, and she can she can change, but she doesn't have complete control. And the things that she did, she had temporarily what she wanted, but then then it all shifted, and they make her that character. I think that could work. So what we saw with the Gravic character is that he retained the powers initially that were given to him because he ran himself in the machine for. The extremists and some, something else. I yeah, he, uh, Groot. Groot, that's right. So he, he that that stuck. Right. That, that seemed to go fine. But maybe this was, there's just too much stuff. And you're right, maybe it's temporary. You know, we don't, we don't know that. It, how would we know? Because it was like, I'm powerful. I killed you. The end. You know, so we, we don't know. Look at how powerful I am with really awful CGI effects. Yeah, her, her standing there making the fist with uh, it, it the was Drax arm. His Drax arm, yes. There's, <laughs> it just looked weird. It was so bad. Oh, man. But, I mean. The, the whole end the whole episode at the end, you know, in the hospital and then, you know, it's them creating themselves as the super characters, but we thought it, we thought it was fury. And then like, Oh, it's not fury. Fine. Okay, cool. It, it just, the, the whole episode just seemed, I don't know. It just seemed like a, a really quick, poor way to tie up what you were at least trying to create. Um, and, and then I have the powers. I killed the bad guy. Now what? You know, I, I, I like the little scene at the end where it shows we walk into the thing and there's all these bodies in the in, mm -hmm. in storage or whatever. Like, okay, um, well, what are you going to do? You know? Uh, you know, if they... If they really wanted to blow somebody's mind, they could have stuck somebody that we wouldn't have expected to see in that group. That could have been fun, but no. Um, I just, I hope that, you know, from the time this thing began to the time it ended, what did it do? Nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Really? 
it it it's there's a quote war on the scrolls now um although i think maybe maybe and i could be wrong about this this might be a setup to create an environment where the x-men would be hated because they're mutants and mutants are like the scrolls and they all need to go away that sort of a thing maybe if it is it's ham-fisted and not not great but yeah they got to find a way to i mean they've already mentioned it in a few things but in the comics mutants were around for a while a, a long time you know if you talk about apocalypse being the first mutant are they going to not do that in here and just say hey now that we've had all these weird things happening in the last 10 years now there are mutants I hope that's not it. No. But if they if that's if that's not it, where were they at this whole time? Hanging out with the Eternals. <laughs> we don't interfere with human issues, right? Uh, I just had to throw that in there. Uh, the problem they're they're running into a problem that they could not avoid running into to a certain extent. They're they're a victim of their own success. And that they've been able to set up this really nice world, but they didn't have the rights to everything at first. And they only set up pieces and they changed some things. And now they want to do everything else. But because they've already started, it's not going to work. It just it can't work because everything they bring in just adds one extra area where they maybe didn't consider how it interacted with something that they've already done. Got to have some good writers and they're all on strike. So, <laughs> yeah, as as of this uh, recording, they're definitely still on strike. And we 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 are on the side of the writers and uh, of the actors because uh, this. Well, I mean, this this series is a good example. They use the AI generated intro. That was just ugly and stupid. It's like, oh, it's supposed to represent uh uh, something feeling just slightly off. It's like, no, it represents you being greedy. It, you kind of figured that maybe somebody would have to do something like that to, you know, give it a try. And the worst thing that's going to happen on that is if it's presented well, people are going to like it. But if it's not presented well, people are going to hate it. Okay, so people hate it. Now they know going forward, let's not do that. Yeah. So it, it just so happens that they did that in a series that really wasn't perceived very well with an end episode that is one of the worst rated things they've ever done. So you yeah. stack all those things together and it's just it's just a bad look, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, all in all, if I had to give this series a rating in like an uh, our normal zero to 100 scale. It's it's in the 60s, maybe. That's what I was thinking too. More a D. You get a passing grade, but that's about as far as it gets. Yeah, it just had it had way too many problems. Um, but I'm I'm optimistic because soon will be the second season of Loki, and that looks soon. to be fantastic. If it's anywhere near as good as the first season, I will be very happy. Um, but yeah, we'll. We'll find out. Um, 
I, I was kind of hoping they'd build some anticipation for the next thing. They had no after credits, anything. <laughs> Probably because they realized, like, nobody's going to sit through these credits. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's going to like this enough to sit through the credits. Not a bit. <laughs> and and, and he, if your series is that to the point where, like, let's just get this done. <laughs> That you can't even do the thing that, as a company, you are now kind of known for doing as part of a uh, snazzy way to introduce things or right. people. That you, it's so bad you don't even do it. Come on, man. Um, oh, they should, they should edit it after the fact. And I get like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool as an after credits. It's like. Man, that say something like, "Man, that was a stinker." Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, man, uh, that would be great. But mm. we don't fall prey to the same problems, uh, at least not usually. Uh, we will throw out a little, a little teaser next week's episode. We're going to talk a little bit about this year's uh, Gen Con. Gen Con. Gen Con, the convention about gaming. Uh, you know, you've you've heard us talk about this a few times over the years, I expect. Uh, and this year was really kind of interesting. We're going to talk about the the highs and the lows, and we're going to talk about uh, some of the other things that happened and who was there and what was there. And and I'm interested to get more follow up on your new strategies that played out seemingly well for you this year, based yes. on your previous experiences. Indeed, I even learned more, and I'm going to implement those next year. But until next time, folks, uh, don't hesitate to contact us on social media. You know where we're at. You know where we're at. And also, of course, we are on uh, Patreon, where for just $1 per month, you can support us as we bring you new interviews and neat stuff and just all sorts of cool stuff. And, hey, tell your friends about us. You know, we would we, we we do our best to try and be interesting and bring you neat stuff. And it, it, if you've noticed, no ads. We never do ads. Wait, are we doing an ad now? Other than this, no ads. No ads. <laughs> so tell people about it. It's, this is hopefully something refreshing.